healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today we're answering some of your top questions about this disease. We'll be talking to a brave breast cancer survivor a little later on in our show, but first, it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Sonam Singh. She's an OBGYN with District Medical Group, and she'll be caring for patients at Valleywise Community Health Center, North Phoenix, which opens November 2nd. Located at 19th Avenue in Northern, this state-of-the-art facility will offer primary and specialty care, pharmacy, lab, imaging services, behavioral health, and more. Dr. Singh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we, we know about one in eight women will develop breast cancer over the course of their lifetime. Let's start at the basics. Can you kind of walk us through what is breast cancer? Yeah, breast cancer is a cancer of the breast tissue of a male or a female, um, which usually, you know, starts with some common signs and symptoms, but usually is a mass that is present. And that's how um, most of the cancer diagnosis in the breast starts. It is very common, like you said, one in eight women have a lifetime risk of developing breast cancer. In the United States, breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in women, and it is the second leading cause of cancer death in women. About 30% of all new cancer cases are that of breast cancer. Wow. So what are some of the risk factors for breast cancer? Um, most of the women that are diagnosed with breast cancer actually do not have any identifiable risk factors. Um, the main risk factors are just being a female and um, increasing age. So about, like I said, about 99% of uh, breast cancer occurs in women and about 1% are male breast cancers. Um, some other characteristics that have been associated with having maybe an increased risk of breast cancer are a strong family history of cancers, mostly breast and ovarian cancer, smoking, alcohol consumption, increased body mass index, um, never having been pregnant, never having breastfed, dense breasts on mammograms. Um, those are the ones that come to my mind right now. I, I feel like, you know, 20 years ago in the 90s, breast cancer was so such a big issue. You know, everyone wore pink in October. Is this a new disease or is this something that humans have been dealing with forever? It has been there forever, but of course, uh, now it's more prevalent because it's not because the disease is more prevalent, just the diagnosis is being made and early diagnosis is being made. And that's why people are more aware of it at this point. So when you say there, it's genetic, if your mom or aunt or someone who's in your family is diagnosed, does that make you at higher risk? So... Like I was saying earlier, most of the women that are diagnosed with breast cancer don't really have a genetic or an identifiable risk factor. 
but there is a genetic association. You'll hear people talk about some of the gene mutations, most commonly BRCA1 and 2 or BRCA1 and 2 are the ones that people talk about a lot. These gene mutations have an increased risk of breast cancer and ovarian cancer. About 5% of all breast cancers are associated with BRCA1 or 2 mutations. That's why family history is so important. So if somebody has a family member or multiple family members diagnosed with breast cancer, especially at a younger age or ovarian cancer, it's important to know if that family member has been tested for these gene mutations or other mutations that are also associated with increased risk of breast cancer. And of course, if that family member has been tested and is positive for a genetic mutation, it is important for patients to bring that up to their doctors so they can be managed appropriately. And if you're just tuning in with us, we're talking with District Medical Group Dr. Sonam Singh about breast cancer and how to be proactive about your health. Dr. Singh will be working at the new Valleywise Community Health Center, North Phoenix, which opens November 2nd. And you can make an appointment with Dr. Singh or any of our district medical group providers by calling 833-855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. So you know, if, if you catch it early, obviously you have a much higher chance of surviving this disease. Um, let's talk about self-examination and how important that is for women to do. You know, self-breast examination is something that has changed over the years. It was something that was we advised patients to do a self-breast exam routinely. However, those recommendations have changed now. Breast self-examination is not recommended to average risk women. But we do counsel women on self-breast awareness. So here's the difference. Self-breast examination is thought to be an actual examination of the breast tissue by the patient themselves on a repetitive, regular basis for the detection of breast cancer. Breast self-awareness, however, is just that the patient is able to, or they know they're aware of their normal breast tissue and their feel of the normal breast tissue. So if they notice, they should be able to notice a change in their breast. And that's what self-breast awareness is all about. So we do not recommend self-breast examinations anymore. Why did that change? It's been a few years now. It's a slow change, which uh, people are bringing into place. There are different entities that, you know, give us guidelines on breast exams and mammograms and stuff like that. And most of them, like the American Cancer Association, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, they are now recommending self-breast exams as not something that we should be discussing with patients. So it's more about being in tune with your body and just noticing any small changes and then going to your doctor for further examination. Okay. So what are some of the things, signs and symptoms you should be looking for? So some of the things that people should pay attention to any new changes in their breasts. So any new masses, lesions, anything that's painful. So if you start having pain or discharge, uh, especially if it's bloody discharge, so if you see blood or redness on the breast as well, or just asymmetry of um, the breast tissue. And if you do notice those things, what is the next step? So if we notice those things, of course, it's important to make an appointment with a physician and discuss those issues. The next steps usually are either a clinical breast examination or a mammogram. And that brings us to a clinical breast examination. That was also something that we used to do very regularly. And most 
most um, entities now are really don't have a recommendation anymore. For example, American Cancer um, Society does not rec recommend a clinical breast examination either. Um, the idea is that they're not better than mammograms in detecting abnormalities. Um, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology recommends having a discussion with the patient about risks and benefits of the clinical breast examination, doing it if the patient has any concerns. Uh, but again, it is not necessary or recommended. Um, so going back to your question about an abnormal, if you feel something abnormal, you go to your doctor about it, they do or do not do a clinical breast exam. Um, Usually, if it is a mass that you notice, a diagnostic test is ordered. So either a diagnostic mammogram or an ultrasound, depending on your age. Okay. And sometimes these masses are are nothing, right? Because doesn't the breast kind of change throughout your cycle, your month? Yeah. So a lot of times these masses aren't necessarily cancer. Um, as important as it is to get attention or medical care when you do feel a lump, um, if it is a mass that comes and goes during the cycle, it is mostly benign. Um, that being said, if it is a new mass that is staying and not going away or is painful or other things that we talked about earlier, it's definitely important to take get that taken care of. So experts are saying, obviously, a mammogram is, is the most accurate way to kind of get that diagnosis. Yeah. So we start usually the screening process with a screening mammogram. Um, Again, like I was saying, different people have different recommendations, but there should be a discussion with the patient about starting a screening mammogram, the earliest age being 40 years of age is what is recommended. Um, if the patient decides to not start it at 40 years of age, the latest is 50 is what we recommend starting an, a screening mammogram. And that is for average risk women. Um, starting at age 40, so what American College of OBGYN recommends is starting at 40 and doing an yearly mammogram, which is a screening mammogram. Okay. Um, Dr. Sonam Singh with District Medical Group is answering your top questions about breast cancer and how to be proactive about your health. Dr. Singh will be working at the new Valley Wise Community Health Center, North Phoenix, which opens November 2nd. And you can make an appointment with Dr. Singh or any of our District Medical Group providers by calling 833-855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. Uh, you know, you're an OBGYN, you meet with a lot of um, female patients every day. What are some of the most common questions that you come in contact with that, that women have about their breast health? So these are some of the things that we just talked about. Are, are we going to have a clinical breast exam every year? Should I be testing, checking my own breast or not? Um, of course, they're worried about breast cancer. So that's one of the discussion that we have is how common is it and what are the risk factors and things to look for. Um, I noticed that women who have a significant family history of breast cancer are more concerned about it, which they should be. So that's very appropriate. Absolutely. And, um, you know, our, our doctors have been fighting this disease for many years now. And, and luckily, there are lots of new treatments. And if you do catch it early, there's a really high chance that, you know, you will survive and go on to live a very healthy, fulfilling life. 
For sure. With the new treatment modalities, the five-year survival rate of breast cancer patients with breast cancer is about 90% now, uh, which has gone up a lot in about in 1975. It used to be about 75%. Wow. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Singh, for taking time to, to speak with us about this important issue. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We're talking about the latest developments with breast cancer, and you can make an appointment with a district medical group provider at Valleywise Health by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. Right now, I want to introduce Monica Miller. She's a breast cancer survivor and also a service excellence coordinator and a nurse at Valleywise Health. Monica, thank you so much for joining us today. You know what? Thank you so much for having me on today, Lauren. I'm excited to share. So tell tell me your story and your journey. When did you first um, realize maybe something wasn't quite right? Well, you know, so I am um, five years out, breast cancer free. Knock Congratulations. On thank, you. thank you so much. And um, it was five years ago. Um, and I was due for my screening mammogram. So Every year, I definitely made it um, in for my mammograms from the time, you know, uh, that you are supposed to start your screenings. And um, I also have fibrocystic breasts and dense breast tissue that women have. Some women do. And so I have had ultrasounds before on top of my mammograms to just take a deeper look. So that wasn't foreign to me. What happened was right before it was the week before I was going to have my screening mammogram. And I actually, I wanted to share, I do get my mammograms at Valley Wise Health. Um, they do use the 3D Hologic, and, uh, which is very well advanced technology. It's an awesome um, mammogram machine. So I ended up um, taking a job one day and I felt a bee sting. It kind of felt like a bee sting on the right side of my breast. And it made me kind of put my hand there and feel. I was doing my self breast exams anyways, because the fibrocystic tissue that I had. But I felt a lump and it felt different this time. Felt a little different than any of the other ones I've ever felt. So I contacted my doctor um, at our women's health center, Dr. Habak. Um, and said, you know, can you uh, order me a diagnostic mammogram versus my screening one because I'm going next week anyways. So she did. So they did an ultrasound and I had to have an ultrasound. And then from there they said, uh, we need to do a biopsy. So I had my biopsy as well at Valleywise Health. And um, that is when um, it was actually March 17th, 2015 on St. Patty's Day. And I was working at our, our women's health uh, center back at the, uh, the time being uh, a care coordinator nurse um, for our maternity medical home model. And so I was in my office and Dr. Habak, I was with a patient and Dr. Habak looks at me and see a tear in her eye. And I was kind of like, oh man. So I knew, you know, she said, when you're done, can you come speak to me? So I went in the room with her and she shared the news that I had breast cancer. And she says, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Well, I stomped my foot down and I said, Dr. Habak, I don't have time for this cancer stuff. It doesn't fit in my life. And I don't want to be part of the pink tutu lady club. Well, 
after that, you know, I kind of just regrouped and um so where were, I you, had that, were you upset were you angry what was the feeling there i was shocked i was shocked like wow um very shocked but i was so lucky to have somebody that was compassionate empathetic giving me a hug giving me hope saying we're going to get through this together and i went home told my husband shared the news and even though i'm a nurse and everything i don't I don't know all there is to know about breast cancer at the time and all the different things and, and how to navigate this journey. And uh, so then I, I started um, looking for, you know, a breast surgeon. I was very fortunate where I had bad news. I had good news thereafter. Um, what I do want to share is that my tissue was, it was interesting. If you took a look at the mammograms, uh, against each other like the physicians did in a tumor board session. They took a look at them and they said, those mammograms are the same. So had I had not felt it and called Dr. Habak and said, hey, I need a diagnostic, it would have probably progressed into a different stage the next year because what happens with dense breast is that those tumors can hide behind that breast tissue. And that's what mine was doing. And thank God I was diagnosed in stage one. Um, mine is invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, it was stage one breast cancer in the right breast. So I ended up undergoing a lumpectomy and lymph node dissection. And um, then I had to go through radiation of my right breast. Um, and then from there, I had something, they sent my tissue to pathology and that came back um, as a lower onco type scoring, it was a five. So then um, I did not have to go through chemotherapy. Um, but then they were gonna put me on, um, so my breast cancer is hormone receptor positive, ERPR, estrogen and progesterone receptor positive. So the treatment after that, after you go through all your, the other treatment is um, to be on um, a estrogen blocker type medication and it's very potent. Uh, it was called tamoxifen. And I took it, and that's the evidence-based medication to block the estrogen that can cause, you know, breast cancer. I think my risks uh, for me were, um, I never had um, my own children, I had stepchildren, never had my own, and I also never breastfed. And they say that those um, can um, cause um, excuse me, that those can be uh, factors in uh, getting breast cancer, which is interesting. To clarify, they're saying if you don't have biological children, you're at a higher risk of breast cancer? Well, there's certain types of breast cancer, right? And hormone receptor. Um, they say you have an increased risk. It could be an increased risk. They see some correlation nowadays with breastfeeding. If you do not breastfeed versus breastfeeding. So if you think about it, you know, that, and, and it's interesting because my two aunts um, never had children, never breastfed. They both had the same type of breast cancer I did as well. I was going to um, ask if it ran yeah. in your family. Yeah. It, uh, well, I have two aunts that had it. So I, um, what part was I telling? I was, I was discussing the part about um, getting my, my treatment and so I tolerated the tamoxifen. I was taking the tamoxifen, which blocks estrogen. And actually, I felt awful on it. 
Um, it made me feel foggy brained. It made me feel um, not the joy that I usually have in life. And I knew what was causing it. So I just plugged away taking it because, you know, it is the evidence based medication that you should take to block. Um, the estrogen. So I continued taking it. I could only tolerate it seven months. And I said, you know what? And I loved the physicians that I that I had on my team. Um, they were all very supportive. My oncologist was very supportive. He had to give me my options of what other medications they could give me and to shut my ovaries off and then to offer me an aromatase inhibitor, which blocks estrogen in a different way in a menopause in a postmenopause woman. And you know what? I said, I'm sorry, um, quality versus quantity for me. And so I chose no longer to take that medication because it is like a chemotherapeutic daily medication. So, so how long was this whole process? I would say, well, a good eight months, eight months of going through that journey. And the thing is, is that like I plugged through it, like in the sense, like you're like, okay, we're going to get through this. And I remained positive. Like, in myself, I'm thinking I have two choices. I can either go down the road of, oh my gosh, um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, people think cancer like it's a sentence and it's not. You can, you know, get through this and you will get through it. And, you know, it's just a journey. And that's, I chose to be positive with it. I chose to have that positivity of I'm gonna get through this. I had my husband and family support. I had a wonderful team of physicians. I had great coworkers, um, uh, you know, and so I had all that support. What I realized, and this is kind of a message that I like to share nowadays, um, I ended up uh, after a year after um, uh, American Cancer Society reached out to me and asked um, if I could be one of the uh, uh, portraits of hope for the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk. Um, to bring awareness and especially to the Hispanic community. Um, when Susan G. Komen was here um, in Arizona, because they pulled out of Arizona, I was one of their community outreach ambassadors to go out and educate also in Spanish to the community about um, breast cancer awareness and the importance of, of self-exam self checks because had I not felt that, Lauren, I honestly, I would have been into a different stage of cancer the next year. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's it just important. goes to show how mm -hmm. much, you know, being in tune with your body and being your own advocate really makes a difference. It really does. And, it, and also knowing if you have breast dense, dense breast tissue, knowing if you have that fibrocystic breast, because honestly, that's going to warrant you to probably to really want to get an ultrasound every year. Because that's gonna, you know, that's what detected mine, right? So um, I, I feel very fortunate. I think um, I had a higher power, obviously, looking after me as well. I truly believe in that. And I um, also, um, uh, my message is to help support other women, um, to help educate, to help them realize they're not alone. You don't have to go through this journey alone, even if you don't know how to navigate the system. There are resources out there, Valleywise being of one, with our women's well, our well women's uh, health um, grant that we offer, and the different screenings and and all that. Who we are, what we do, and who we serve. I mean, we help out so many women in these positions that don't know where to start. Um, but I, you know, for me, it's the emotional piece because it's mind, body, spirit, right? 
And I think I plugged through all my treatment and I went with it gangbusters and I put my big girl panties on and just went through it. Well, what I didn't do was kind of feel the feels that kind of, and in retrospect, I started to after I went through it. And then I went to a few support uh, groups, um, which were wonderful and kind of started working with a, like a life coach um, to talk about those emotions and um, spoke about it with other women that had breast cancer and to feel those feelings of what it, you know, because it does change you. Um, And, and for me, I feel it, it changed me for the better. I believe in living life to its fullest and also being of service to others. Um, That's very important. That's what we're, you know, we are here to help and, and be an instrument for other folks. And, and I think that's maybe possibly, you know, that's what I'm trying and choosing to do. Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate you taking time to share your story. Um, It's so inspirational. And I know, you know, you've been featured so many times because um, you're such an advocate for other women. So thank you so much for taking time to speak with us and, and talk through it. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure and be blessed. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you've heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a ValleyWise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.